on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in a cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, that's a no, headshot, case closed What is up guys, it's Andy Priscilla And this is the show for the real, let's say goodbye to the lies The fakeness and delusions of modern society And welcome to motherfucking reality Now guys, you know I like to bring you special stuff Today I got something real special Today, and I'm coming close too because it's important. Today, we have Andy and Eric and DJ cruise the motherfucking internet. That's right. Yeah, buddy. That's here right. Here we go. Here we go. Here that's, we go. That's right. We got our good friend Eric Greitens in to sit in on some CTI today. We're going to talk about the world. We're going to talk about what's going on with it. We're going to deduce what truth there may be, and sometimes there's not any. And then we're going to talk about what the problem is. And this is, your, this is your first time tuning in. We do have multiple formats of the show. Today is CTI. That stands for Cruise the Internet. We threw three headlines up on the, up on the screen here. We talk about them. Uh, we don't air these shows on YouTube because they get ripped down immediately. So um, that's why you can't watch the show. You can only listen to the show. Uh, then sometimes you come in and you're going to hear Q&AF. And if, for those of you that don't know, I had the number one entrepreneur podcast in the world for a long, long time called the MFCEO Project. Uh, this was a personal development podcast on how to win, uh, how to be excellent, how to kick ass. And uh, I know a couple things about that. And so do my friends. So we have Q&AF, and that's sort of where I uh, give my personal development insight. You guys submit your questions to Andy at... Uh, ask Andy at AndyForsella.com. That's right. I don't even know. <laughs> like, see that? I'm not right about everything. I was just wrong. I like to point that out. Most things are right, though. Then. Um, we have Real Talk, and Real Talk is a short, uh, high-energy burst of, of uh, however you want to look at it. Sometimes it's a high-energy burst of rage. Sometimes it's a high-energy burst of knowledge. Sometimes it's a, it's a high-energy burst of making fun of your dumb shit. Um, then we have Full Length, which is where we bring on uh, successful, interesting, uh, knowledgeable people, and we break down how they've been able to be successful. Um, and we talk about how come you're not successful and what they did differently than you and why you can get there still. Uh, so that's the gist of this show, guys. So today we're going to talk a lot about what's going on in the world. We're going to talk about uh, what needs to be fixed. But ultimately, at the end of this rabbit hole that we all go down about whose problem it really is, it all always comes back to the individual. It always comes back to being our problem. And the way to fix these problems is through personal excellence. So that's why we blend society and personal development into one format. And as far as I know, we're the only show in the world that does it. And if anybody else did it, they clearly wouldn't do it as good. Isn't that right? That's true. Yes. So with that being said, there is a fee and the fee is very simple. Tell somebody about the show. If you like the show, if you learned something, if it made you think, if it gave you some energy, if it made you see things differently, um, if it, if it taught you something you didn't know, please share that. That's why we do the show. I don't run ads on the show. I could make eight figures running ads on the show. And the reason I don't do that is because I want the message to be pure. I don't want to listen to people tell me what the fuck I can and can't say. Uh, it's never going to happen. And I would rather the information that you hear from me, I would like for you to know that it's coming from my heart and, and my head and not from a financial gain. So in return, I just ask that you share the show. That's it. So what's up, dude? 
Everything's good, dude. And you know what? I will let everybody know if they're not watching the show, right? Yeah. Everybody in here is pumped and you're looking especially pumped. You're back from surgery. Yeah. You look ripped, dude. No, yeah. seriously, man. Congrats. Like, like, I know that that's a real it's thing. It's been about coming. a month since I've seen you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a real thing coming back from surgery, but clearly yeah. like you're, you're crushing it, man. Crushing it. Yeah. All these little kids in the office made a little bet with me. Well, actually, I made a bet <laughs> with the kids and, the, and I call them the kids because they are like my kids um, that, that I was going to... Uh, destroy them in the next eight week transformation challenge that we have in first form. We did this last year. And um, like I told them on day one, they were all going to lose and they all lost. Yep. Uh, and then today, this year, or this year, again, we have a whole bunch of new people that yeah. weren't there last year. Right, right. Right. And then we got some people that went round too. And that's cool yeah. too. Well, that's the thing we talk about all the time, man. Like they don't listen. History repeats itself. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know yeah. what? Here's the deal. If you beat me at anything in business and life and fucking anything, you know what I know about you? You worked really fucking hard. Yeah. And I can yeah. respect that shit. Yeah. yeah, that's real. So, 100%. Yeah. So everything good on the campaign trail, bro? Dude, everything's awesome. Yeah. Everything's awesome. Look, we are 20 days away from the primary yeah. and it's fantastic, man. I mean, look, we are under a vicious assault. And a lot of people who've seen me in the last few days or few weeks, they see that we're under a vicious assault and they see that I'm smiling right. yeah. and, and, they're, and they're like, they're like, how, how is it that you're happy? And I said, well, actually it's two things. Number one is that that to me is an indication that first we're winning. Yeah. Okay. Right. If we weren't winning, they wouldn't be, be worried about assaulting us and two we're a threat. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to be. We want to be a threat to politics as usual, not just the Democratic Party, but also like the corrupt and cowardly rhino Republican establishment, too. They're equally bad. Right. They continue to hurt people across the across the country. So, yeah, we're feeling good. And, you know, look, you guys know I, I was a Navy SEAL. One of the things that was striking about going through the SEAL team training, actually, because people always ask me, they're like, who makes it through? Right. Because it is it's the hardest military training in the world. In our class, we started with over 220 in the original class, and we graduated with 21 originals, okay? So it's like 10% of the dudes who made it through, and like the guys who are showing up are, are legit guys to, to start, right? Oh, yeah. Okay? These are the so, best so, of the best everywhere else in the world. Right, and they're showing they're up. They're the toughest dudes. Right, and 10% yeah. make it through. And I said, like, you can't tell by looking at people. First of all, you can't tell at all by looking at people. You can't even tell by the way people run, the pull-ups that they do, all that stuff. But one of the things that was interesting, this was not universally true, but almost everybody who made it through had a good sense of humor. Yeah. Because mm. one of the reasons was you had to be able, yeah. when things were tragic and terrible and awful, and you've been up for 72 <clears throat> hours and you're covered in sand and your 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 lips are... You chapped your teeth or, or, or you know, your legs uh, rub together you, you, raw. You're, you're, you're just, yeah, you're just the worst things raw. possible. It's yeah. disgusting. You feel terrible. You feel sick, and you're not even close to the end of Hell Week. <laughs> like you're still just yeah. there, and everything sucks. You have to be able to laugh. Yeah, and if you can be with the guys, and you're literally carrying a boat on your head. Like that's what you do. You carry a boat on your head. You're running through the sand carrying a boat on your head with seven dudes. And if you can make jokes under the boat yeah. and you can laugh, you know what it does? It kind of pulls everybody out of the pain yeah. and, and, it, and, and it reminds you, hey, we've got a purpose here and we're rolling. So yeah, man, I'm feeling really good. We got 20 days to go and we got we to gotta win every day, win every hour, but we got, we got the people with us and we're going to make this happen. I, I, I agree, dude. You know, everywhere I go, uh, I've made a couple trips out to into the rural areas of Missouri lately, which is my favorite area of the state. Um, 
and people that don't know, they don't know I have a podcast. They don't know who I am. They don't know anything about us being friends. And we talk about what's going on. I have not heard another name but you out there in the real world. Yeah. So that's a good sign. But dude, I was curious, man, because like we talked a little bit about this on the phone the other day. Real talk. I mean, it's got to be fucking uh, frustrating to be completely fucking attacked um and and quite honestly complete made up fabricated shit um i mean defamation yeah like and and the problem is is that the people out there that are seeing that like dude you got mitch mcconnell and you've got these these old people who have been in office for years and years and years and have a decades of favors to pay off and connections and they're beholden to all these bribes and all these lobbies and all this shit. That corruption, guys, is the corruption that needs to go on both sides of the party. And now we have a scenario where these people are dumping in literally millions of dollars into our uh, race here for the primary to keep Eric from winning um, <clears throat> because he's the guy that will go in and not play along with them. And, uh, dude, what's that like? Like, talk a little bit about that because, like, th- there's no fucking nice way to say like like these people are not nice like they're brutal these people are vicious yeah they are vicious and they will engage in the lowest most disgusting tactics there's no rules there's no rule this is one thing that i learned i was under the illusion all right you guys know i was i was a boxer right there's the marquee of queensbury like boxing rules Mm -hmm. like i kind of thought okay when i first got involved i thought all right hey Rough sport politics, but mm-hmm. like there's some rules. Mm-hmm. There are nope. no rules for these people. No. There are no rules for these people. This is vicious and they have no they have no sense for protecting people's families. They have no sense of honor. They have no fidelity to the truth. So yeah, look, we're in a situation now where as we're sitting here, they're literally spending millions of dollars lying about me. Yeah. And lying about me in the most vicious ways. Yeah. Okay. And of course, like if you have an open heart, right? Nobody likes that. Like, no. I don't like that. Nobody likes that. You'd rather it not happen. At the same time, here's how, here's how I think about this, right? Is I always, and this is like a, a stoic tactic that actually Seneca talks about. And I used it sometime. I've used it in the SEAL team training. I used it in athletic training. I used it working with my fellow veterans who like lost limbs and stuff just for keeping yourself together when things are hard is that, you recognize everybody has challenges in every part of their life. Mm. And so for me, for example, you've got all these vicious lies about me as a dad, okay? I might not be a lot of things like, I'm a great dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I, my I know kids. Yeah. I know that firsthand. Yeah. Okay, I know that firsthand. You guys out there that see these ads and see this shit, the, these people are the scum of the fucking earth. And like, excuse my language, because I try to keep it cleaner when Eric's on the show. Uh, well it's not you know i get it like the way i am is not for everybody and i don't want to tarnish what people think of you Uh, i'm one of those friends that's sort of a liability sometimes (laughs) but i'm a good friend and i'm there when when it counts and um you know one of the things i know for sure that you guys don't ever see is like you don't see the truth Mm. like you see the story and these people are operating with impunity like they don't get there's no by the time this comes out that this is all fucking bullshit, they've already tarnished someone and buried someone and moved on with their continuing of of robbing and stealing and lying to us. Totally. Yeah. And what, what happens is, and look, in this case, 
Everybody already knows it was a lie. Yeah. Even the judge said it was a lie. They looked at the doctor and the dentist records, the therapist and the meter. All of them said it was a complete lie. But here's here was the thought that I had. And, and, and I want to be honest, too. Like, things get hard for everybody, including me. Yeah. Right? But I had this thought at, at, at a certain moment, right? Because I've got a really good buddy who checked in on me who has a very severely disabled son. Mm. Okay? And I thought to myself, you know what, man? Every dad has challenges. Like literally every single dad has challenges. And I thought to myself, you know what? If my, I, I am so glad that this is mine. Because some dads like woke up this morning and they found out that their kid has a terminal illness. Mm -hmm. Some dads have kids, multiple kids who have severe disabilities. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some dads right now who are listening to this are literally having to figure out how do I fill up my gas tank and also feed my son, a lot of feed my daughter, a lot of yeah. people, okay? If my challenge as a dad is that I have millions of dollars being spent lying about me and I have two healthy, beautiful, fun sons who literally last night were out doing like a kayak war on the lake as like Viking raiders with other kids <laughs> and fishing and stuff like that. If my challenge... If the challenge that God has given me is that, you know what, you're going to have people who lie about you, but in return, you got two beautiful, healthy sons and a fan. I say, I'll take it. Every day. Thank you. I will take that challenge. Yeah. And I, will, I, will, I would do this 1,000 times, yeah. 1,000 times to make sure that like my challenge is, isn't somebody else's hardship. And so, you know, what I would offer to everybody who's, who's listening is that you say, you know, like, what is your challenge and how do you grow through it? Mm -hmm. You know, because the world... You know, there's this, this concept of, of fortuna, of fortune, right? And um, a lot of the kind of uh, Stoic philosophers talked about fortune. And they recognize that, like, we can control a lot of things in our life, but we can't control everything in our life. And that there are different kinds of pain. There's pain that you choose. There's a pain when you go into the gym, you're like, I'm choosing this pain today, and I'm going to mm -hmm. choose it because I'm going to get stronger. That's one kind of pain. There's also a pain that comes into your life that you don't choose. And it comes rolling in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it, co times. it comes up from you, it, from behind, knocks you across the head, bangs you down, starts to laugh at you. And that pain also, though, just like the other pain, offers an opportunity for growth. And so you have to look at all of these things. And again, me saying this now it's easier to say than it is to do if you're mm -hmm. listening right now. Of course, right? This is hard to do, but it offers some perspective. And for me, I had that moment and it was literally like last week. I was like, you know what, God, like if this is my challenge, is these lies, and this is my blessing, my two beautiful sons who love me to the ends of the earth, who I love, then I'll take it. Yeah. I'll sign up for that. Not only I'll take times. it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm blessed. Well, I think Thank a lot you. Of, I'm blessed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, I, I mean, we all see it, right? The attacks, all of that stuff, you know, and what I, what I see every single time, especially more recently, is like the more they do that, it's like, I just see resilience, right? And I think a lot of, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of those things come, like the lies and the attacks and all of that stuff comes from like people that allow that stuff to bother them. It's because they don't really know who they are. Like when I see Eric, when yes. I like, you know who you are. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like there's yes. no question about that, yes. right? Like there's no doubt in your mind yes. that you are who you are, right? And so like, it, like you say whatever the fuck you want to say. Like right. cool. You know right. what I'm saying? You know, dude, right. I, like really though, like like I agree with all of that. And 100%, that's the perspective I've had in the in the harder times. Yeah. That, you know, sometimes you have to consciously remember your, rem, like remind, remind yourself. yourself of yeah. that perspective. Um, 
But dude, like from a strategic tactical standpoint, and that's where my mind always goes yeah, because yeah. that's what I, I kind of, that's how I think. Like, I think this old play that they continue to run of like running people through the mud who are just good people trying to do shit. Like, I, I don't know that people are really believing. I, I think that most people are really starting to understand that when they come hard like that, like, I think people are just done with the bullshit. People, like, people know they're lying. Yes. Like they are done with the BS. And, and it's a very important point. And this is something that has massive change in society. Are you finding that out? Like, like when you go out and speak, like, and you're talking to people in the street, yeah. like, are they, are they, they even bring it that? up? Yeah, oh, they even bring so it up. They bring it up. Yeah. Okay. And, and also, if you want to see like thousand head nods at once, right? All you say is Winston Churchill once said, Show me a man who stood up for anything and I'll show you a man who has enemies. Yeah. Mm. And everybody starts nodding their head and they're like, oh, you know what? Eric Greitens has been attacked by George Soros. Yeah. He's been attacked, sued by the satanic temple. He's got Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell coming after him. And people say to themselves, if those are all of his enemies, like it must be that he's doing something right. Dude, in right. my opinion, and this is just my personal opinion, uh, you know, I, 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 I think it's my opinion, but I also think it's truth. Um, if you are them and you have an ad, like I'm thinking from a strategic standpoint, I mean, I just want to line this out for you yeah. guys who are more logical brain and you have an X amount of dollars to spend and you're going to spend it trying to erode someone's reputation. Who are you going to spend it on? Are you going to spend it on the people who are going to come and play ball with you? Or are you going to spend it on the people that are going to come in and fuck up all your shit, which is exactly what we need. Because these people have been stealing from us and oppressing us and robbing us and, and living in their own little world for decades. Yeah. And they don't want that. And, and they don't want young men, which you are. Capable, able-bodied. Yes, yeah. to come in and, and ruin their secret handshake society. Totally. And that's, totally. That's, how, that's how I see it when I see it. And when I talk to most people, that's how it seems like they see it too. Yes. So like, why, when are they going to learn to adjust their tactics? Well, first of all, I'll, this is the play they have. Yeah, but, right? but dude, like yeah. how come they don't fucking come together and say, hey, uh, let's actually make some decent policy that serves people? Well, because, because there is a fundamental uh, difference between policies that work for people and policies that work for the political class, okay? There are a lot of policies that work for the political class on both sides, Democrats and Republicans, that work for the politicians, they work for the lobbyists, they work for that class, and they hurt people. And whether you're talking about healthcare, you look at the disease profit industry, whether you're talking about um, just taking money away, you ask yourself, why in Missouri, where there's super majorities of Republicans, do they keep raising the gas tax? They're doing it here. You ask yourself, well, it's actually, it's a very simple reason. And again, I didn't understand this fully till I got involved in politics. The more money they take away from you, the more power they have. That, that money they take away, they then turn around and give out to all of their friends and all of their lobbyists. Mm -hmm. It's more favors. So the reason why you see taxes keep going up and government spending keeps going up under both Democratic and Republican regimes is that the political class benefits from it. Now, when I was governor, we actually cut spending. When I was governor, we actually cut taxes, right? That works for the people, but it doesn't work for the political class. Mm -hmm. And so on all of these issues, what you see, you ask yourself, why would 19 Republicans vote 
for a Joe Biden $1.2 trillion Green New Deal. Everybody knows it's nonsense. Everybody knows it's wasteful. But it's $1.2 billion they take away from you and they give to their friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Ask yourself, how much of that $1.2 billion are you going to get? Not only that, Zero. ask yourself, how much of that $1.2 billion do you know where it's going at all? Right, right, right. And then they have these massive spending bills, which they don't even read, right? So you have all of these lobbyists crawling all over these bills like cockroaches infesting a house. And in that entire process, all of that money seeps out to all of the special interests instead of actually going to, to, to do things that are going to be beneficial to the people. So that's, at the end of the day, that's also why the political class has said anybody but Greitens. Yeah. Okay. They know anybody else will play along. And a lot of people look up there and they're like, you know what, frankly, it doesn't matter if it's Democrats or Republicans, they keep stabbing us in the back, right? They know that Eric Reitens is actually going to do what he thinks is right. Eric Reitens is actually going to fight for the people. And that's why we have guys like Carl Rove and Mitch McConnell coming after us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how are you doing with all that? You feel good? I feel good, man. I feel really great. I feel, yeah. I feel actually more than good. I feel fantastic. Because I'm like, you know? a f- like, like, I mean, I get attacked a lot. Mm-hmm. But like, I, you know, motherfuckers ain't running ads, like (laughs) saying like, you know, the worst possible, like, yes, I just, you know, I guess it's just more of the same stuff. Like you just keep it moving. You know, and also I actually feel like I've been particularly blessed in this regard. Right. And I never would have thought of it as a blessing, but everything that I went through before, Mm -hmm. right. A George Soros funded prosecutor, right. Engage with a corrupt FBI agent to build a completely false case against me. And everybody in Missouri knows, they might not know around the country, like that corrupt FBI agent was charged with seven felonies for perjury and evidence tampering. Which he admitted. He admitted the guilt. He pled guilty. He pled guilty. The Soros-funded prosecutor, she pled guilty when they found over 70 instances of perjury for an ethics violation. And she should have her law license taken away. But the blessing in that, and I got, I would have punched myself in the face if I would have come to myself in 2018 and said, this is a blessing. Okay. (laughs) Right. It seemed absolutely terrible. But in fact, what actually happened is that all of my illusions were taken away. I saw the true nature of the enemy that we're facing and having walked through all of that fire, all of my fear is gone. Yeah. I know 100% who I am Yeah, and I am more courageous. I am more joyous. I am more fired up today than I ever have been. And, and it, and it shows. And it's why we have all these people grabbing, like we literally can't get enough yard signs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are like coming to, to, Dude, to, I to think put people it really get it. Bro. <laughs> no, I think yeah. people are really starting to get it. You know, uh, obviously we'll find out in the vote, but yeah. <clears throat> like I'm looking not just you, but at the candidates that these people are going after and I, it's very easy to see, like, these are the disruptors. These are the real, like, red, white, and blue American people that we need to have running our government. Our yeah. government was never meant to be run by a different class of people. It was meant to be run by the people, for the people, uh, in the interests of the people. Totally. And, and um, you know, career politicians, whether they're Republican or Democrat, the I, I think people have been asleep as to how corrupt it has been. And this is one thing I credit Trump for a lot. Yes. Um, Yes. Trump really did a good job at exposing what it looks like to be an actual regular American. And a lot of people say, oh, he's an elite. No, he's not. He's not. This guy came from us and went to that level 
and they don't treat him the same. They treat him like like they would treat one of us. He's an outsider. Yes. And that's why they hate him so bad. And, and he did a really good job. Like people say, oh, well, he didn't drain the swamp. And dude, part of me, like, listen, there's part of me that says, hey, why did he not arrest these people and do this shit when he was there? There's a big part of me that says that. Yeah. I don't know all the facts. I don't know who stood in his way. I don't know who, who betrayed him. I don't know those things. Okay. But what I do know is that he did what he said he was going to do, which was drain the swamp. Now, maybe they haven't all been pulled out of the swamp yet, which we need to do. But like I've said before, the water's been low. It's low enough now where we could see yes. who's who. Yes. And that's come a come motherfucker. That, that was impossible to see in 2016. 100%. In 2016, we were all still under the illusion of like, you know, America was a pure thing and it's not pure anymore. Mm -hmm. It's been corrupted. And we need to restore the purity of the republic by putting regular people, no matter what party they're affiliated with, that actually believe in serving people in office. And Eric is one of these people. I know that for sure because um, I have the, the the privilege and the benefit uh, and the honor of being his friend, you know. And, and um, you know, I hope you guys. I feel like people are seeing it, but you know, people people in Missouri know this about this case where they did this to you. Yeah, but a lot, you know, this show is international, it's national, international. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. you guys who see. You guys have to understand what they did. They manufactured a case against this man to remove him from political office already. They succeeded in that. And then it came out two, three years later. They admitted that they made the whole thing up. Mm -hmm. All right. And now they're running the same bullshit on him again. And I just really hope you guys aren't going to fall for it again. Yeah. Well, you know what? Pe people aren't. And there's, you know, kind of three, three points I was thinking of on this. One is that people also in this play, they run these terrible ads on the mainstream media, okay? So they run them on, on TV news at night. They run them in, in the, where the mainstream media is at. And the fact is, if you went back even to 2016, more people trusted the mainstream media. Oh, yeah. So first of all, right now, trust in the mainstream media, trust in, I believe, in newspapers, people who have a lot or even a high regard of trust in the newspaper, it's like 11%. Yeah. And think about how crazy that is. I was thinking about that when I read that. When I was a kid, right, growing up in St. Louis, we had the St. Louis Post-Dispatch in our house. If somebody came to you and said, I don't believe the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, you'd be like, what are you talking about? What the fuck is wrong with it's you? It's talking to talk about the St. Louis Cardinals and there's <laughs> right. a Weatherbird. It, it was the standard. Right? Like, you, you dude, thought, what are you talking about? It was in the paper. Right? So that's true. Right. And now 11%. That's no one. That's no one. That means that no one believes them. And so when they're also running these ads, which people are much smarter, they see the political attacks for what they are. So they're running fake, terrible, vicious, nasty lies and political attacks during mainstream media coverage that everyone already distrusts. So I, I think that's working in our behavior. Uh, in our in our on our behalf, dude. The ads they've yeah. been running are cheesy as fuck. I'm no, sorry. Terrible. Yeah. Excuse terrible. my language again. I can't catch myself every time. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like you guys can't. That's the best you got. That's it, right? Yeah. And but, I think I think on that point though, with like even just the trust and while we're seeing these these, that's a massive problem. By the way, it's a massive. Like, how do problem. we restore integrity? Because, dude, as American citizens, right? We we deserve. To, to be told the truth by these agencies, not their, not their agenda. Yes. And, right. and, you know, when I was growing up and you were growing up, yeah. it was due to, there were, there, there was, I don't, 
I, I don't know what changed in the law. I believe Obama changed something in 2012 or 13 about the media having to report fact. Um, so clearly it's Obama's fault. Yeah, fucking Obama. <laughs> uh, but m- my point is, is like, dude, like you, they used to not be able to do this. And it beca- now it's become this crazy thing. And what's crazy is like the people who do watch it, Still, even though it's small amount, like they still think that shit is real. I know. Well, it goes back all yes. the way to World War II, bro. Like, like Weimar Republic times. Like, you look at yeah. that stuff, and like what it was is because the, 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 the perception of reality, that lag time was so long until it's mm-hmm. like you know we we're here in America and they're telling us about what's there's going no on. technology. There's nothing there, right? And then we're in America and they're telling us about what's going on in fucking Germany, and we're seeing this paper, right? And we're like, holy shit, that's it, right? Even though that information was a week old, right? That's what the truth is, right? Yeah. And you go, you you do that for fifty fucking years. The unfortunate reality, dude, that yeah. we're facing is we have to go back and like literally try to understand what 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 the whole story of all these scenarios is. And that's my point. It's like I mean, like you you don't know, and like now I think we're able to know a little bit a little bit faster now because again we have this this these cell phones and laptops. We I can communicate with somebody in fucking Germany. Yeah, but right that also now. works both ways, bro, cuz like you don't like they let's can, say they still manipulate that. Yes. Yeah, let's yeah. and they do. And that's yeah. the whole Twitter yes. thing with right. with, with uh, Musk. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So yes. it's like, dude, like it's a big problem yeah. and we need to come up with a real solution. Right now the solution is independent media like mm-hmm. myself Which or Rogan the or these other guys. Yeah. Um but, I mean, bro, we're just a bunch of people recording some shit in this room. Like, yeah. I'm not the fucking nightly news. You know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, like, yeah, we need I do, to- but it's, I will tell you this, and it makes me very hopeful. I mean, I mentioned to you before the show, like, I was down in Southeast Missouri, right? Like, talking to a group of 120 people. Three of them came up and they said, I heard you on Andy's podcast. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's more than said they saw me on any other place. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then normally they said, like, oh, yeah, you know what? You met my brother back at et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, it is happening, and here's the really good thing. What it proves is people are smart. They have a hunger for authenticity. They have a hunger for real conversation. They have a hunger for real analysis, and they're willing to listen to a long podcast. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're willing to put in the time because they care about knowing the facts. Uh-huh. And you know, combined with the fact that they don't trust the mainstream media, this is going to become more and more powerful. And it's also generational, right? So you look, we actually do extraordinarily well. I never thought about it. We do, yeah. we do extraordinarily well with voters under 55, okay? Because there are, there are very, very few- They've abandoned the media. No one under 35, few people under 45, a few more under 55, but, no, but nobody under 35, no one is looking at the nightly news and, and thinking that that's true. Mm-hmm. It's not. This is a generation- now, where people, if you say like, do you trust the Centers for Disease Control? That would have seemed like a crazy question back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody says, no way. Okay. So as the consequence of that is that the younger people are, the less they trust the mainstream media. Yeah. And literally every day that passes, as the older generation passes and the younger generation comes through, you have less and less, um, uh, fewer and fewer people who are actually listening to the mainstream media. So that's actually another very positive trend line. I think that's people good. realize too, I mean, I know we gotta get onto a headline, but people realize too, like, you know, you ask yourself, what the fuck has somebody like Don Lemon actually done? 
You know what I'm saying? This, okay, this like, is, like, this the, is the, super important. It requires important, credibility. You know what I'm what's saying? what's super important is that also if you think about the generation that did have trust in mainstream media, one of the big differences, you think about America post-World War II, mm -hmm. okay? Everybody had served. Everybody had done something. Yeah. And that was the big question. Like, what did you do in the war? How did right. you serve? There was a sense that you had an entire generation of people who had put the country first. And that was true in politics, in business, in journalism. Everybody had this experience of having put the country first. Okay. You don't have that anymore. So now people look at journalists and they're like, who are these like smart mouthed, whiny, Critical people. What have they done? What business what have, have you they done? run? Exactly. Yeah. When? 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 When did they serve? What businesses have they run? You know. What kids have they taught? Mm -hmm. What homeless people have they uh, helped fed, turn around yeah. their lives? Have they fed? They haven't done anything in the nonprofit sector, in the business sector, in the military sector. They haven't done anything, and because of that, people also don't respect their message. Yeah. And that's also why you see, especially on TV and radio. Right, because the print journalists get to hide. Nobody gets to see who they are. But on TV and radio, that's why people, frankly, tune into your podcast. You've done some stuff, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. you talk about it in a real way. Yeah. So you have the authority to to actually say, "Hey, this is my perspective on things," mm -hmm. and people respect it. People look at journalists now. None of these guys served. None mm -hmm. of these guys have made a difference. You ask yourself, how many lives have they saved? How many lives have they changed? They're gonna have to pull some people like me on a fucking TV. Oh, yeah. No, I'm being. I'm no, being they're serious. gonna have to, bro. Yeah, they're gonna have to pull yeah. some of these main big podcast people and pay them a fuck ton of money to come do these jobs because mm -hmm. they're trusted. Yeah, it's the truth. Yeah, I, I like. I just hate that. Like, I, feel I wouldn't like, do it because they can't afford to pay me what no. I would need to get. But I'm just saying that's what they need to do. Yes, it's just yes. like like is it really that like the solution? Like, talk about solutions, right? Like, is it really that hard? Like, are we asking for too much as 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 a, as, as people as an American republic? To just get unbiased, unmanipulated, unemotional fucking. No, I think that's truth. a reasonable expectation, bro. But I also think that's the reasonable expectation that they've taken advantage of. Everybody has that expectation. We all have it. Like the average person would hear that and be like, yeah, no shit. That's the news. Right. Like, but it isn't the news. Right. Yeah. And one, <laughs> one really important thing I think that you also have to keep in mind is it at the end of the day, all of these things, when we're talking about government and journalism and policy and business, at the end of the day, it comes down to human beings, mm -hmm. okay? So think about this. Imagine, put yourself in, in the shoes of a journalist. Imagine what kind of person wakes up every morning and they think, today, I have to write something really nasty about somebody else. That's their job. That's their job. So think about what kind of person does that job. Think about what kind of person wants to wake up every day. You would have to have no, you would have to have no soul. Well, because you would have, because otherwise, because like, dude, if I were to do that, I would have anxiety and, and feel bad and feel like. You couldn't do it. Like you, yeah, I couldn't do it. No. Like the, I don't think those, those people can have that part of them. Not even all that. Think about the fucking journalists that have to go on there and they look in front of that camera and they lie directly to, like, no, like, yes. knowing the shit's fucking fucked yes. up. Like, yes. inf no, inflation, the economy's doing the best that's ever, like, you're, like, what kind of person is that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how is that possible? Well, what, what, you, what you find is, and I'm not trying to, like, psychoanalyze an entire class, but what you find is, and I, I wrote about this actually in the Resilience book, people who are constant critics of other people, the truth is they're critical of themselves. 
there's something they don't like in themselves. Mm. If you love yourself, then you can go out into the world and you can be loving and you can be kind and you can be good. None of us are perfect, okay? Sure. Right? But if you love yourself, then you can, you can love other people. If you don't, if you really hate something in yourself, it's very hard to love things outside of you. And so now you have a profession, a whole profession that's designed to spew hatred and negativity, an entire profession. So then you think about, well, who's in that profession? And then you think, well, who else wants to go in? Now, again, we have, fortunately, we've got courageous journalists, some of them like John Solomon, right? At Just the News, like Darren Beatty at Revolver mm -hmm. News, but they are by far the exception to, to the rule. And it's interesting when you meet guys like that, men and women like that, you find that they seem like very normal, regular people. Yeah. Too often, like you meet some of these folks and again, like, yeah, they attack me every day, but genuinely, like, I feel sorry for them. I can't think about, like, I get to wake up every day and think about the future. I get to wake up How every day. How do those day. people behave when you see them in person? It's very interesting. It's very interesting. So I'll, I'll tell you an interesting thing that happened happened just, just recently. So first, what you find is it, a lot of them don't want to meet you in person. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Because it's very easy it's to be nasty behind yeah. a keyboard, yeah. right? It's super easy to be nasty behind a keyboard or even nasty behind a camera without actually seeing you. So very few of them actually want to see you in person. When I do see them in person, like I greet them just like anybody else, mm -hmm. right? And recently, actually, I'll tell you, we had an event in Arnold, Missouri. We're at the steakhouse. It's a Monday night. We've got like 150, 170 people there. It was a great event. Yeah. Right. right. People are it pumped. Was packed. Packed. Yeah. And, um, and there was actually a reporter there from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Okay. And I'll tell you how I handled this. Right. Yeah. He stands up and to ask a question and he says, hey, this is my name and I'm from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And immediately everybody starts to boo him. Okay. <laughs> and like, and then the people are like, lies, lies. Yeah. Da, da, da. And then, and then he, he gets his, he gets his question out. Right. And of course, and I'll, I'll tell you this, this is an interesting thing. Allow me one side note. I've been running since March of last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is that? Uh, really? 16 months. Mm -hmm. Okay. The entire time I can count. I think it's certainly less than five. The number of policy questions I've been asked by journalists. Mm -hmm. It's all about politics. Not, not they don't ask questions or about personal scandals. A or personal some scandal, shit. like yeah. that's all they ask about. So yeah. anyway, he stands up and he asks something like, "How come you don't have the Trump endorsement yet? How come Don Trump Jr. was here, but you haven't?" Well, how come fucking there? Trump hasn't endorsed DeSantis yet? <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, so he asked. He asked. Something to think about. Right. So he asked these. He asked this question, and everybody's booing him. And I, and I, what I said to everybody is, I said, "Look, guys, I said we're here to revive the republic." And that means that we're not going to become our enemies. Mm. Our enemies are the people who, when you ask a question, hey, maybe coronavirus didn't come from bat suit. Maybe Hillary Clinton was involved in the Trump-Russia collusion. Our enemies, what they do is they call us names and they call us conspiracy theorists and they call guys like DJ White supremacists. You better know it. That's what they do. Like they yeah. want, so, so I said, but actually what we're going to do is this. We're going to recognize like we've all been wrong at some point. Yeah. And so, so what we're gonna, all going to do is say, and the guy's name was Jesse. I, I said, we're all going to say, you're welcome here, Jesse. I said, so one, two, three, and 170 people said, you're welcome here, Jesse. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, we, here's the way we really lose, man. The only way we really lose is if they make us lose our soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Drop them standards. If they make yeah. us become them, 
if we become Dude, vitriolic, right? Yeah. If they become, if we become vitriolic and hateful, and we want to, we won't let people ask questions. They won't even let people ask questions, right? If we become like them, then we really do lose the country. Yeah. If we preserve ourselves and we set the right example and we inspire others. So I just said, everybody say welcome, Jesse. And then I answered his questions and we moved on. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that, and again. Man, dude, that's so hard to do. It, like it, it, I mean, that's the difference of maturity between you and I. <laughs> like that's, I'm like, yeah, that's fuck a, you, Jesse. Get what, out of here. What do we got? Four or five years between us. Right, that's right, what, right, I, I, right. I must. I'll get there. <laughs> oh man, yeah. and it's okay. It but it's but you're so right, dude. Yeah. Like all of us are the same, man. It's hard for me to understand. Well, not really. I kind of understand it. I mean, these people have to go do that. That's their job. They're told to go do these things. And, and I think what we also have to recognize is like, look, let's say we, 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 we are here for the revival of the country. What that means, if we're going to revive the country, we have to welcome a whole lot of people who are wrong. There are tens of millions of people right now who, who are listening to this podcast or have tuned in from time to time who at one time or another thought, you know what? Yeah, we need to force vaccinate everybody. Mm -hmm. Or they thought, you know what? These masks work. Or they thought some other craziness, mm -hmm. right? That now is completely the false. The not stolen. Right, right, or they, they, they believed the lies about Brett Kavanaugh or, or whatever it was, okay? And you know what? It is a very hard thing for a lot of human beings to admit that they were wrong. I think so it's the hardest thing. It's, 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 it may be the hardest thing. Yeah. So what we have to do is, is we have to be welcoming to people who come to the light because here's the good thing. Here's, again, the really hopeful thing. Dude, the number of people who are looking at this craziness of Biden and saying, oh my gosh, look at inflation. You look at the open border. You look at the rising violence. You look at the military disasters abroad. You look at all of this craziness, the critical race theory, the transgender nonsense. Mm -hmm. You look at all of this madness and people are like, dude, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. And they once believed, okay? They once believed in all of that, in, in, in the Democratic Party. They once believed in all of that nonsense. Now we have to be welcoming to them. We have to be welcoming to people who've seen the light. Well, it's important too, Eric, because yeah. we're all on the same fucking team. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, we're I think all it's fighting the same enemy. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, but that's the deception of war, dude. Like, yeah. like they, the whole deception <laughs> that's being used upon us, and this is why it's so fucking evil, is that they're make, dude. It's it's like, it's a it's a fundamental saying of this of this republic. You know, it's divide and conquer, dude. Mm -hmm. Like. In, in in unity, we are powerful. D divided, we will lose the everything. Yeah. And the, instead of it, we've talked about this for years on the show. Instead of them uh, fighting the war straight up, this is this is the way communism works. Communism fights the war by creating false enemies and getting those enemies to delude each other, so that while you know we're misdirecting these these two groups over here. The political class can do what they what they do, which mm -hmm. is oppress it's and steal. It's a critical point. Yes. It's a critical point you're making. And if you look back historically, you look at leftist movements, you look at communist movements. What do they want to do? They want to divide people internally. Think about what Identity happened. Politics, man. Yeah. Think think about what happened in China. Okay. Think about what Mao did. So he's got the little red book, and he prints it. Like literally tens of millions of copies for every kid in China. They literally tried to get kids and they did. They succeeded. And they did the same thing with, with Pol Pot in Cambodia. 
What communists wanted to do is to infuse divisions to the level that you get kids turning on their parents mm. for not being sufficiently communist. That's how they work. If you think, why would they push critical race theory so hard? Why would they push this so hard? Why would they push the transgender nonsense so hard? It's because they're trying to create division. Okay. And in that division, when you get people fighting against each other, that's where totalitarians and tyrants work. That's where they right? thrive. Yeah. Yes. And so like, like the whole idea that you have to worry about critical race theory in the United States military is insane. Yeah. Any objective look at the U.S. military, and it was Harry Truman, president from Missouri, who integrated, uh, who integrated the armed forces, right? You look now at the U.S. military. No human institution is perfect. However, the United States military is the most well-integrated institution in the history of planet Earth. I challenge anyone to find any organization in the history of planet Earth that is more well-integrated than the United States military. And yet, what do they want to do? They want to introduce critical race theory into the United States military mm -hmm. to divide people, to weaken us, to weaken the military. So this is how, it's so important, your point. Historically, this is how tyrants work. I think people really have a hard time connecting the dots like on how complex this whole thing is. Yeah. For example, when you when we talk about what we're talking about, like what you're talking yeah. about with the military yeah. directly, they a lot of people have a, uh, an understanding that like this is one or two individuals in the military that do this. And while you may be correct, you have to understand that this is like influencer marketing, okay? In business, a lot of you guys are business people that listen to this. If, if, if a company wants to influence the influencers, they go to the early adopter or the innovator of the influence. And what they've done, what China has done, and what a lot of these communist propagators like the World Economic Forum, who's call it democracy but mean communism, what they've done is they've made deals with the early adopters and the innovators in our own organizations, meaning they've compromised the people at the highest level. And those ideas get pushed down and forced upon the leaders. This show gets more emails from military members at a medium level that are like, bro, we agree with everything you're saying, but they're right. pushing this down to us. Totally. And so the average American doesn't have that perspective. And they say, like, when you... When you look at the companies and you look at like Coca-Cola and Disney and these big companies that push all of this really bizarre shit that we all know is not correct morally, especially in this f country. Okay, I stopped myself there. Good job, man. <laughs> Give me an award for that. Pride. All right, I almost said the F word. But my point is, is that these, these things, when those are all power structures and people don't understand that I don't have to get every employee to Disney to fucking do it. Right. If I make a $50 billion deal with the ownership group, then they push it on their employees. And a lot, this is why I talk so much about entrepreneurship being the key to a revolution because a, 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 a cultural revolution, all right, we talk about the other kind later, maybe. But the point is, is that like, let's say, let's say, China, I just want to use this example. Yeah. China comes to me and they say, Andy, we'll give you a billion dollars. We'll give you a billion dollars personally, and we'll put your company on the map in China, and you'll bring in 40 billion in revenue from China if 
you put these policies down through your company. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. So I say, well, fuck, dude, I've been working for 23 years. You know, I, I mean, that sounds like awesome. Like I can like, you know, I can go do whatever I want. All right. If I just say these things. And so I write up a new, uh, code of conduct, a new, a new, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a HR policy. Mm -hmm. And I put it in play and I walk the fuck away. Cause these people don't go to the office, dude. Right. right. These people don't go and like, they're not on the ground. No. And so when you think about it like that and you put yourself, put all of you listening, put yourself in my position. If that offer was made to you, what would you do? Okay. And a lot of weak people will take that offer mm -hmm. yes. and they will push it down. And this is how these communists control the culture in our country. And this is why it's important for the small business owner, the medium-sized business owner, or the big independent business owner like myself to push down American values through their culture. It's a, it's a very important thing because the culture that's created in your office is the culture that's taken home. 100%. All right. And so you guys have to really, like when we think about the complexity of how this is all pushed into our environment, that's how it's done. It's done at the political level. It's done at the corporate level. It's done at the private business level. It's done at the civic level. It's done at the prosecutor level. Yes. Okay. And you, when you guys like, cause it's a, it's a, it's a massive thing to comprehend, right? Like how do they organize all these people? Well, it's not that they organize all these people and it's not that all these people believe in it. It's that these people are told to do this shit when they're at work. They're told to make wear masks. They're told to take a vaccine. They're told to do this. And because they want to keep their job, they do it. That's what's happening here. And that's how these, so when you think of it, like how, like when you think of it, like, holy shit, it's everybody. It's not everybody. Right. And they know it's not everybody, but they want to make it look like it's everybody right. so that you'll comply. And so this is something that you all need to really think about because most of your coworkers and most of the people that you work with, they don't believe in this shit. Okay, they pretend they might pretend to believe in it so they don't get in trouble at work. Right. But that's how it works. And so remember the list of 500 big CEOs that resigned at the beginning of 2020. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Now you're understanding why they resigned. They resigned because they weren't going to do this shit. Right. It makes sense now. Okay. So for those of you who are confused about like how this actually gets pushed down, that's how it's done. Yep. And what they do is, if you think of big picture, you divide the populace, okay? So that's where you have critical race theory. That's where you have, you know, you've got Hollywood come in. You've got mainstream media. You have all of these different entities pushing these messages that are going to divide the populace. And then you also go and you buy off the elites. Mm. And it's actually, remember, like, when, when people talked a lot about drug gangs, right, and how they, how they corrupt people in, um, in foreign countries. So again, I've worked, you know, not just as a Navy SEAL, but I've also done lots of humanitarian work overseas. And I've worked in places like Albania, Cambodia. You think about how does corruption work? Well, a lot of times what the corruptors do is they go to a border guard and they basically the, the, uh, they call it Pluto or Plata in Spanish, right? If, if, or, or they say silver or lead. Okay. Either you take our money or you take a bullet. And it only takes a couple of examples. Just like you said, Andy, they're not trying to show everybody, but they create one example. And the example is you either take the payoff or we're coming after you. Yeah. Okay. What do they do in politics? 
You get a guy like me who won't meet with a lobbyist ever. We never met with any lobbyists. They're like, okay, we're going to make an example of this guy. Yeah. We decided we're going to go after, we're going to, we're going to go after the Soros machine. Okay. We're going to, we're going to make an example of this guy. Then you have- Wrong, motherfucker. We're making an example of you. Exactly. You don't know it And that, and that's, yeah. well, and that, that yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. We're making an example out of them. And so that's what they try to do. And you know, one of the things uh, Donald Trump Jr. said when he was in town, which is very important, is he said, if you look at the rhinos who do nothing, they have a very comfortable life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're in Washington, D.C. They go to steak dinners. The lobbyists like them. The mainstream media writes nice things about them. It's a very nice life. It's very it's, easy for it's, them. It's, it's Mr. Uh, Mrs. Treated like royalty, yes. free steak dinners. Like, dude, it's Kush. the life. It's good. Yes. Of course they want to fight against keeping their life. And, and so, and so they, they say, okay, you can have this Kush life. And it's just like you, your, your analogy, right? Where somebody's coming and offering a billion dollars. You can have this really nice Kush life and you can, you can have all of these people around you or... If you decide to fight against us, we're going to crush gonna you, viciously attack you. Yeah. We're going to say the nastiest things about you. We will spend millions of dollars in negative ads you're either attacking in or you're you. Out. You're in or you're out. Yeah. And if you stay out, right, then you know that you're going to bring the enemy down on you. And that's obviously what's happening in our campaign. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a sign. That is a sign yes. that we are on the side of right. Dude, to me, it's a sign of guilt on their part too. Yes, it is. Like I look at like the people <laughs> right. who pour money into that stuff and I'm like, all right, well, okay, now let's make the list longer because it's this guy and this <laughs> yeah, guy and this guy. A couple more, yeah. Listen, dude, yeah. we're coming for you guys. Mm -hmm. You don't get it yet. Like you don't get it. You don't get it. You might be able to hold us off for a minute, but we are coming and you're going to fucking lose. That's it. And, and let me say this, which is also important for everybody who's listening. Courage is contagious. Yeah. If you're listening right now, take a courageous action. I'm not asking you to be Andy Frisella, right? I'm not asking you to like- But stand like, with but, us. But stand with us. Share the, share the podcast. Yeah. Share it. Put a sign in your yard. Put 50 sign bucks up. in, a, in, in the account 50. of these people who are like, like, look, dude, you're not a wealthy guy. Right. Like people don't realize that. Like, it's not like Eric Greitens is out here with a trillion dollars in his bank account. All these people that are doing this, they're all, they've all stolen your money and they use your money to attack people like that. <laughs> exactly. And this is why we don't have good people in government because good people don't want to go through the shit yes. that it costs Yes. To get there, they'll ruin your whole life or they'll try to. And it takes a special person that says, hey, you know what? Say whatever you want. I'm still coming and I'm going to change yes. shit. And that's one of the things I admire about you the most, bro. Thanks, bro. Like real talk. Thanks, like, man. It's what we need. You, we're we're going to get it done, man. Yeah. And you, you, you know enough about me and these guys listening to know enough. Dude, I don't put my name on people that are, that I don't, I don't do that. Like I get, I get hit up by, you know. <laughs> You know, you know how it is, bro. You get your name out there a little bit, and then every single politician in the world has been blowing me up. Yeah. Hey, man, you know, you know what I've told all. I of love them? your show. I've been yeah, listening right, to it yeah. for years. Yeah, I, I go on their Instagram. You're free this Wednesday. Listen, it, that is a funny point. Like all these same dudes think they're going to play me. Right. It's like, bro, you, you are the lesser of intelligence here, not right, me. Right, right. Okay, like. I'm not giving you shit. Right. All right. I'm giving you a fucking pink slip if I if I had my way about it. You know, like, they ain't ready, dude. Fucker. Anyway, we're going to start the show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny because we're, we're we are actually getting something right oh, now, are we? guys. 
Guys, we got breaking news. Breaking. All right. All news. right. All right. Breaking news. Breaking news, Boom. guys. Boom. Uh, so this headline reads: Biden's war machine is sending another one point seven billion dollars to Ukraine. Uh, so I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like, what? Do, I it's mean, so wrong <laughs> that it's hard to know where to begin. Yeah, I do. But let's start. Let's yeah, just begin. I, we're, we're at sixty-five billion dollars right now. Since uh, which could have built a border wall here in the United States of America. It could have done a, a couple of things. It could have ended a lot of homelessness. It could have yes. fed a lot of children. It could have, you know, I mean, it could have done a lot of shit. <laughs> done a tremendous number of things. But instead, they're sending to the Ukraine where let's all remember, because the mainstream media wants to look away from it, which is like part of China's half of it. The other half of the beating heart of Biden family corruption comes right out of the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. They're paying okay? themselves. This bro. is where Hunter Biden, right? Now, maybe we'll talk about him later. This is where Hunter Biden was on the board of a of Burisma mm -hmm. getting paid, what, $30,000 a month? Mm -hmm. There is, I guarantee you, Andy, no matter how many listeners you have, there are zero listeners right now who believe that Hunter Biden should have been making $30,000 on the board of anything. You mean the guy okay? that smokes Parmesan cheese? <laughs> <laughs> I right? think that's the thing that people don't get. So, like, dude, they're they're, send, they're sending our money over there that will in turn get funneled right back into their fucking pocket. Back into the corruption. It goes right. Yes, exactly. I, a, dude, yes. it's it's hard. Do people I don't, not get that? No, they don't. They don't understand that. They, like what's happening right here, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Because you know better than me. Yeah. But what's happening here is they are taking your money, they're putting it to Ukraine. And then Ukraine is paying it back to these people and taking it. Wait, so they're not, they're not using that to buy missiles and stuff, Andy? <laughs> yeah, from the companies it, it, that my best friend owns. Like it is incredibly, <laughs> it is incredibly corrupt. It's also, you think about everything that's on people's minds right now. You think about inflation, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously wasting money, wasting billions and trillions of dollars increases inflation. Right. It's at so 9.1 today. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it is absolutely insane what the Biden administration is doing. They've declared a war on American energy, right? Yeah. Which they started on day one by going after the Keystone XL pipeline. They have uh, pursued all of these inflationary policies $1.2 trillion for a Green New Deal, $65 billion for the Ukraine, all of which, you know, uh, makes, makes for their corruption. And actually makes the world more more dangerous. So it's it's wrong. It's wrong on a hundred different levels. Let me ask you guys a question. Why why are not why are more people not like like vocally publicly like denouncing? I, I feel like most people feel like that it doesn't matter if they say anything. It's still going to happen. But 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 here. But I think if people really understood what was happening, they would feel differently. And I have a theory on what I think is happening. And I've said it on the show before, but I don't think I said it with you on the show. What I think is happening is I think they are intentionally uh, destroying our currency and they know that there's going to come a time of hyperinflation that is coming in a very short time. And they're intentionally creating it. They want to go to a digital currency that is, back, that is an American digital currency, a global digital currency. And uh, you know, I believe what they're trying to do is to send as much money as they can to Ukraine, wash it, get it back in their pocket then disperse that into assets like gold, property, other things, so that whenever the crash comes of hyperinflation, they have the assets that they can then convert into the new currency. That's, th this is, if I was them, that's what I'd be doing. 
Look, there's no doubt there. Yes, they're actively trying to destroy the country. Yeah. And the inflationary policies- Does that make sense? Are, are, yes, it does. So so they're trying to hedge their own, they, they know that what's coming. And so they're trying to hedge their own security of wealth. Well, look at, look at what Nancy- In the meantime. Look at, look at how, how Nancy Pelosi's husband, right? Who was just arrested for, for DUI, right? Right over in, in, uh, in California. Um, her husband is supposedly like the most genius stock picker in the history of the country. Right. Like, no, it's obviously insider trading that they're benefiting from. In all of these different schemes, what you see is corruption that benefits the powerful, the corruption that's benefiting the political elites. And then they they end up getting wealthier and everybody who's working right now is hurting. Every single person who is working is is actually hurting. And then they're and trying they're to doing blame fine. that fucking pain on people like me. I know. Yeah. Like me, yeah. like bro. What are you talking about, bro? I'm out here in the front lines with fighting with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like they're trying yes. to make it seem like the people who own businesses, dude, I'm trying to build careers for people. Well, every, everybody knows that, and it's, it's a good point you made before. It's actually the entrepreneurs and the small business owners who've actually always been essential to the whole idea of the American Republic. That's right. Right? Because think about this. If you think about what happens, your culture is also connected to your economic foundation. One of the reasons why the American Republic worked so well is that you had individual farmers, you had individual shop owners, you had people who were masters of their own fate economically, who were then also participants politically. That's right. And that's part, that's we, part, part of, of it, our responsibility because people like me and us, the entrepreneurs out there, you guys listening, we've taken our eye off the ball of civic service. And yes. that's our fault. And, and look, if there's if there's if the country is is controlled by eight mega corporations and everybody's economic livelihood is actually tied to the mega corporation, it makes it that much harder to actually stand up for freedom. Yeah. But if you have a country where and so so again, you think about how this is designed, guys. What did they do during COVID tyranny? Shut down all of the mom and pop stores, but Walmart's still allowed to operate. Mm -hmm. They shut down all of the they, all the small restaurants, right? But all of the, all of the big places like a Walmart are still allowed to operate. That's part of Who what I'm talking that benefit? about. Yes. yes. That's part of what I'm talking about. They, this is all a plan to milk all the extra cash out of our country for them to take, for them to take in a place in assets before the crash happens. When the crash happens and our money is no longer worth anything and they have a new money, then they sell the assets for the new money and they're rich. Yes. And you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to, to look at the facts. This is what they want to do. They want to accuse everybody of being conspiracy theorists, just like they did when they said, no, coronavirus came from bad soup. No, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax had nothing to do with Hillary Clinton. Like all of these things, the, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. They lie and lie and lie. But the conspiracy theory thing, people. the yes. reason they want that conspiracy theory, dude, is because- when they label someone a conspiracy theorist, what it does is it quells the resistance. Okay. Correct. So, so like you, all you guys out there that like are like, oh, Q's real. It's real shit. Q, there's an operation. There's this, there's that. First of all, there may or may not be. I don't fucking know. But here's what I do know I know if we sit on our hands any longer, we aren't going to have a country to, to save, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and at some point, we all have to come to that realization that. The hope that someone's coming to save us is not happening. There's right. no cavalry. There's I don't no, believe there is either. There, there is no cavalry, guys. Here, here's the deal. Because well, if there was, but it would have been Q, in by this, now. <laughs> this, this, this Q psyop shit, it, 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 it tells enough truth. Bro, this is a tactic. 
If you go back to the Bolshevik revolution, they ran this play with misinformation. They created a narrative that there was a secret operation that was going to come in and arrest everybody. And so everybody waited. And when they, when they waited it, they ended up getting killed. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with these same exact people, these same exact families, these same exact ideologies that existed a hundred years ago are still here. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, dude, you guys out there who are waiting for this cavalry to come in and sweep it up, we are the cavalry. Right. Yeah. It's it, us. And, and here's the other thing that's really important for people to recognize. Winning the country back takes very simple actions. Okay. It's not some grand gesture that's going to happen seven years from now in some kind of twilight battle. Okay. The country is going to be saved if you decide to share this podcast. The country is going to be saved if you decide, you know what, this year, not only am I going to vote, but I'm going to let people know who I'm voting for. The country is going to be saved if you decide, you know what, I actually, for the first time in my life, I'm going to put out a yard sign. You know what, for the first time in my life, I might actually run for the school board. or I might find somebody who is running and I'm going to support them. For the first time in my life, I'm not going to allow the political elites to have all of the control. I'm going to get involved. And when you do that, you educate yourself, you help to educate your fellow citizens, and you get involved. That's what the revolution really feels like. That's where the revival really is, the cultural revival where everyone says, you know what, after all of this pressure, all of this nonsense, all of this pain, we are all going to be wiser, stronger, and more courageous. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to do that, you change your own life and you change the lives of everybody around you. Love it, man. Guys, let's move on to uh, our headlines of the show. And guys, remember, if you want to see any of these headlines, you can go to andyforsella.com. You can find them all there. And uh, with that being said, headline number one. Headline number one reads, child hits and swears at cop in heartbreaking video from Minnesota. Um, so this came out. Uh, article reads, shocking video footage has emerged of a young child repeatedly hitting a Minnesota cop who was there to arrest a murder suspect, calling the officer a bitch um, and telling him to shut the fuck up. Uh, The clip released by Alpha News was filmed last week in St. Paul, a city that saw widespread rioting after the nearby murder, uh, police murder of George Floyd um, and manslaughter of motorist Dante Wright. Uh, Quote, shut up, bitch, screaming the young child who appeared to only be a few years old wearing just underwear while standing in the street with an even younger child in a diaper just behind him. Uh, he then strode up to one of them and uh, repeating, quote, shut, shut up, bitch. Here's the here's a 30 second clip for you guys. He's hitting them, yelling at these cops. I mean, the, the little kids keep, I mean, he's, he's fucking hitting them and everything. It's just sad, dude. Um, it's just sad. You know, the article finishes, says, you know, the youngster hits one of the cops at least three more times uh, in, uh, in the 30-second clip. Um, even though as the officers, they remain calm throughout the whole situation. So, I mean, kudos to them. Um, but the crazy thing is that that 30 second clip was just a part of a, a two minute long uh, fucking attack, essentially. Um, they also threw rocks at the cops and a bunch of other stuff, man. So 
What we got on this? Dude, it's like the headline says, this is a few times that I'll ever really agree with the headlines. Heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, like I look at this and I see this as a product of 40 years of lies from our government, Mm -hmm. bad policy, forgetting about culture, forgetting about family, forgetting about the importance of, uh, you know, American, everything that is America. Yeah. it's just sad, bro, because this kid's going to be eight or nine years old and be dead. Right. That's the truth. Well, and, like, like people yeah. don't want to say that. Yeah. But, like, this yeah. is the eight or nine-year-old kid that, that you know, gets himself in a situation with a police officer and, and somehow, you know, puts him in a position to get shot. This is the cycle, right? We're seeing I, it. Right that here. is the cycle. And, like, dude, this is not racism. This is not this. This is not that. This What this is, is this is a culture uh that is that is damaged and meaning american culture and this is us um letting people do things to our country that are not in our best interest this mm-hmm. is manipulation this is lies this is the democratic party pretending to be in the interest of of black americans which they are not um at all and this is the result this yeah. is really the result because the the democrats are against Fathers in the home, mm-hmm. tra- you know, traditional Nuclear families. families yeah. um, dude, it's sad. Yeah. Like, it's sad, man. Because I can tell you this. Like, if I had done that when I was a kid, I would have got my fucking ass beat so bad, I'd still remember it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I, I, I mean, what are you going to... Listen, like, what's the solution? Yeah. Like, what's the real solution here? Like... It's 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 sad, man. It is really sad. It's really really sad, and I think it the part of the thing that is heartbreaking about it is that you see the way these divisions, which you know a lot of people might read about, okay, critical race theory in the military, critical race theory in schools, critical race theory, all this stuff that's trying to divide people, mm-hmm. right? And you look back on all the violence in 2020, right, and all of the arson and the looting and all of that stuff, and then and then and then you look at this and like this poor kid. Right. And the poor police officer. Right. Right. Who put it, put it, put in this, in this, in this situation. And it's, it's actually, it's actually really tragic. Now, you know, I will say one of the things that, that can work in situations like this is that, well, let's talk about how people come together, how people really come together. One of the great illusions of uh, society and particularly of leftists is that people come together when they look at each other. Right. So they'll, they'll say to th- things like, well, let's sit down and have a conversation with people. What actually happens, and there's a lot of good social science behind this, when people sit down and they talk with each other, they may find that there are similarities, but they also may just as well walk away finding out that there are differences that, that are highlighted. The way people come together is not when they're looking at each other. It's when they're looking forward together. It's when they have a common mission. So the way that you truly bring people together is that you give them a common mission. So one of the things that we did, for example, with the mission continues was we we're trying to bridge the, the veteran civilian divide, right? So we had all these guys who'd served in Iraq and Afghanistan. They'd been overseas. They had all these people in the United States of America. I can't remember what the percentage was. It was a very small percentage of Americans who actually set foot in Iraq or Afghanistan, right? So the, there was there was this division and you know civilians, they 
might have honored veterans or maybe they were scared of them because they thought they had PTSD or whatever, but like they had to come together. What we did at the Mission Continues was we brought people together in service projects. So they'd get together in a neighborhood like this and we, we'd buy tons of materials and people would go and we would rebuild uh, recreational facilities or we'd go into a school. And what happened was when people spent the day working next to a veteran, you find these commonalities and you have a common mission and you have a common project. And it's why we have to have leadership in the country that's going to put out common missions for people and put folk, put, put, you know, this young kid and police officers together. And like, I, I've literally seen this. I've done this with, you know, training with police officers. You put these folks together in like a ropes course. Okay. Like they've got common obstacles mm -hmm. that they got to work through together. They find the, they walk away with the, with a tremendous different understanding of each other. And that's what the kind of real leadership we need in the country is, is to, instead of con continuing to divide people, help people find common missions. Dude, that's a big element. You and I talk about this all the time. There is no vision being cast forward. This is one of the problems that I have with the, the MAGA term, right? Make America great again. Well, that's looking backwards, dude. Like the, the make America great is a more appropriate slogan in my Outlook opinion future yes vision, because you know? dude in my opinion um we've never lived up to what we actually could be we're still so far off of our true potential as americans uh and we've had that we've gotten close right like people people that are we've made great strides hold on yeah. people that are tw you you don't have this perspective bro like people like when i was 20 years old it was not like this mm. it was much better than this and that's where the Make America Great Again comes from. But even back in 2000 uh, or 99, when I was 20 years old, those, that good time that, he, that Trump is talking about that we had, like these kids that are 20 years old now, they've been taught for their whole life that America is this terrible place. It's oppressive. It's extremely racist. And it's, that's not the case. The case is we were actually pretty good until those people started teaching that shit. Exactly. <laughs> and it created divide. Right. And now we're in a situation where we've had leadership who instead of painting the picture of what America truly could be for the last five or six or eight years, we've been talking about going back to a time which has created resistance in certain communities, such as the black community, because the black community says, well, make America great again, how far back are we actually going? Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Because that might not be great for us. Don't want to get in that time. Right, so it's yeah. hard to unify people under that, under that point. And in reality, what we need is we need leadership that's going to say, hey, this is the actual potential that we have here, yes. and we should all go after that. And you have your finger on the pulse of what has one of the things that has always made America different from almost every other nation on earth. Okay, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I, I'd never been outside of the country before I was 19 years old. The first place I went was that when I was 19 was actually China. I got arrested there. I think we talked about yeah, that yeah, story at one point, yeah. right? Okay, like I've been in Bosnia, Rwanda, Cambodia, Albania. I've been in some bad places, but I've been in like 55 countries, all right? One of the things that is most strikingly different about the United States of America is that up until now, America was always a country that was focused on the future. We recognize that we had an imperfect past, but Americans more than any other people anywhere in the world, if you ask them, what makes you American? It was the striving. 
He was striving economically. He was striving to create better communities. He was striving to create a better country. We're a future-based society. Whereas, and you go most places in the world, you ask them, what makes you a particular nation? They talk about the past. And so for us to move forward and bring people together, we do need to have leadership that is going to, again, say, this is who we can become. This is who we can become. And, and it's also why, if you recognize part of the leftist assault on history, by trying to get rid of the history, right? Getting rid of statues, getting rid of all this stuff. What happens is your history is always interpreted in the light of the present, right? And you look back and like, you know what? That wasn't such a good, uh, that wasn't such a good period in American history. That was an amazing period. And there were some bad things about it. Like we can, we can be complex, rich people who can recognize that there were great things happening at the same time there were tragic things happening. We can, we can think with yeah. that kind of complexity. But when you look, uh, but what the left is trying to do is essentially start history over. Mm -hmm. What they would have you do, and again, it's very interesting. This is what Mao did in China and Pol Pot in Cambodia literally wanted to start from year zero. Okay, if you had, if you leftists had their way, like they'd literally erase history and start with their own perfect conception of whatever society is. What Americans have to do is we have to be able to look back with pride Right? Look back honestly at the things that were good and the things that were bad, because that also helps you to look forward with confidence. Part of what helps you to look forward with confidence is also recognizing how hard things were before, how difficult things were, how imperfect things were before, because that also helps you to deal with the imperfections of the present. So you're exactly right. And it's part of what the magic of the United States of America is that American citizens have always been more future focused than any other citizens of any nation anywhere on earth. Well, and also, dude, like to your point about removing the history, yeah. you know, if you remove the history and you remove uh, the things that people identify with, like, for example, um, I'm a patriotic American. I actually live on a, a piece of property that was owned by a former president of the United States, maybe the most impactful president that we've ever had ever. He was in charge of what was called the Radical Republicans. And if you know your history and you go read about what the Radical Republicans did, they were the party that were in charge and created the idea of actually going to the farms where the fucking slaves were and freeing them. That was President Grant. And when I see the leftists and the BLM activists tearing down a statue of the man who actually rode on a horse and killed the people who had slaves, that irritates me, right? But if we remove that pride, let's say, that I have of being one of the very, very tiny few to live on a piece of property with that sort of historic relevance and the pride I have in America, then you remove the fight that I have for America as well. And they know this. And so what you guys have to understand is the demoralization of society which is in the communist playbook. It's in Saul Alinsky's um, uh, Rules for Radicals. It's in Karl Marx's book. When they talk about the demoralization and the removal of identity of the individual, they are trying to get you to not identify with the greatness of your own home country so that they can then manipulate the future in any way they see fit. Exactly. If you, with, with the least amount of resistance possible. Right now, we're in a scenario where they're trying to take the majority of America who love this country, 
who bleed red, white, and fucking blue and make them feel like they're insane for still feeling like that. Well, I hate to tell you guys, your plan didn't work because here we are. And there's a lot more of us than there are of you. Mm-hmm. And guess what we have? We have guns. <laughs> okay. Lots of them. So we are never buying your shit. We are never going to be what you want us to be. And for you to get your way, you are literally going to have to kill us. And I don't think you can do it. So there's that. True. Guys, move on to headline number two. Headline number two reads, New New York City PSA on what to do in a nuclear attack instructs citizens to get inside, stay inside, and follow media for updates. Officials will notify you when it's safe. So basically, the same thing as COVID. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on Monday, uh, the city of They're going to have York- a nuclear vaccine now? <laughs> You're going to take that Homer Simpson shit no, it's and just the, shoot right in you? It's the same. It's, no, it's the COVID vaccine. It protects against nuclear attacks. Yeah. Guys, come on. Stay with me. Trust the science. Uh, so on Monday, the city of New York launched a new public service announcement that provides guidelines about what residents should do in the event of a nuclear attack. Unfortunately, New Yorkers who watched the PSA will likely be severely ill-prepared should a nuclear weapon detonate in their vicinity, as the video provides little in the way of uh, specifics or useful information. Instead, the short clip instructs citizens to follow a rudimentary three-step plan that leaves them completely reliant on the powers that be to come to the rescue. Uh, According to the PSA, New Yorkers should, one, get inside, two, stay inside, and three, stay tuned, or as the narrator clarifies, follow the media. Um, in the event of a nuclear attack. After walking through these steps, the narrator hammers home the last point by commanding that the audience, quote, don't go outside until officials say it's safe to do so. Mm. Um, the, official, uh, the video does not address uh, what to do if one requires medical attention or what to do for food. Um, but, uh, you know, and the crazy thing is, like, instead of preparing the public for the horrific scenario, the lack of relevant information in the NYC PSA aims to create dependent masses who are reliant on the experts. Sounds familiar. Um, And it's at a time when we are knee-deep in a proxy war with the country that possesses over 4,000 nuclear heads. Um, It's no coincidence that it was released, you know, but they're saying in New York, the emergency management department, uh, which put the chances of a nuclear strike at, quote, very low. Um, But according to New York City's emergency management commissioner, Zach Eiskel, the threat of nuclear strike is imminent. So which one is it? Um, it's, it's, it's real interesting. But they also, along with the PSA, released this statement, says, quote, as the threat landscape continues to evolve, it is, very, uh, it is important that New Yorkers know we are preparing for any imminent threats and are providing them with the resources they need to stay safe and inform. And then, you know, you got Mayor Adams. He doubled down on it as well. Um, he said it was not alarmist. <laughs> he said it was actually better safe than sorry. So, um, and then also at the same exact time too, I don't know if you guys seen this before we get talking about it. Uh, this headline reads, Russia activates doomsday submarine armed with nuclear torpedoes. Uh, torpedoes. This was just days before the PSA was, uh, was, uh, was out. So there's something we don't know. There's something we need to know. I mean, what's. Well, fuck, don't look at me. <laughs> I'm saying, I mean, like, fuck. I, dude, I said four <laughs> months ago on the show that I thought they were going to try to cr- do anything they could do. Yeah. To, to get in the way of this election that's coming up. Yeah. And starting a war is not outside the realm of what I believe these people would do. What it also does is draws attention away 
from the massive daily failure to keep people safe in New York City. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're That's gonna, they're gonna, they're right, right. It's, it's like, what are actual people worried about? I mean, I know people who like simply won't go to New York anymore. I, lots I'm of one lo- of them. Lo- lots of people I won't go. Yeah, lots of people who who had who had jobs in New York. And I love they, New York. They, yes, I used to too. They they left during COVID. Right, they're not going back. Yeah. They're emptying out the city. Why? Because violence is absolutely out of control. It's People like are getting attacked on dude. the subway. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible violence happening all over New York, and and you've got the complete failure of Democrats in New York City, as you've had in lots of Democrat-run cities. But what are they doing? They're spending money. Right again, they spent New York taxpayer money to like create these ads about a nuclear attack, which which are essentially full of completely irrelevant information. It's another distraction from their failures. Yeah. Right. This is just a big distraction from their failures. Yeah. They'd much rather have people debating, right, about what's going to happen in a nuclear attack than everybody looking around saying, wow, mm-hmm. these public officials are complete and total failures. They're failing at the most basic responsibility, which is to provide for some safe streets. That's real. So it's just a distraction in your opinion. I mean, I mean there yeah. there might there might be more 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 than that, but but it is at least Let me that. ask you this. It is what at least th- that. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. That's the main yeah. thing. Yeah. Do you do you do you put it past these people to further escalate this war if if they think they're going to lose power? No, I I, I don't unfortunately. Yeah, I, don't I think either. I think that when you look at their pattern of behavior you have to come to the conclusion that they're actively trying to destroy the country. Yes. When you look at what they've done, for example, on the southern border, right? That is benefiting no one. It's the largest humanitarian trafficking, child trafficking operation in the world now is happening at our at our southern border. It's a it's it is an invasion of the United States of America. It makes no sense from a national security perspective, from an economic perspective, from a humanitarian perspective. It is a disaster on every front. So they're actively trying to destroy the country. So I don't put anything, uh, I, I do not put that, I do not put that past them. And unfortunately, we are also in a situation where we've seen, you know, Joe Biden is clearly, you know, out of it and is not an effective commander in chief. You looked at the military disaster in Afghanistan was the largest military disaster in American history, certainly of the last 20 30, I'm trying to think 40 years. If it look, it's probably even bigger than Beirut, 1982. So you go, you keep going back where, you know, Carter, 1979, like you keep going back and back. Like Afghanistan is a major, major military disaster, which everybody saw. So whether it is by intention or incompetence, uh, we have a policy of weakness and confusion abroad that makes all of us more unsafe. That's it. Sure, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. And like, even how the, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but we'll link it on the website. But dude, it starts like, okay, so a nuclear strike has, has happened. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. Just know that it did. Like, what? <laughs> I think you would know. You're right, right, right. Well, not only that, bro, oh, yeah. people are so, people are so detuned to, to understanding the reality of like a nuclear strike. Yeah. Like, bro, you, you, you won't know because you'd be dead. Exactly. And yeah, there, like, there will be nobody there will be notifying no you because yeah, like the it, shit will you, be down. It'll just get real hot for about three seconds and get then your bright. life is over. <laughs> hot yeah. and bright. Yeah. Man, this, this fucking sun. I, I bet this is what Andy and DJ were feeling. Yeah, on cardio. Like, listen, man. I also have to believe that if, if somebody knew, if they knew ahead of time for one or two minutes, the last thing you'd want to do for your last minute on planet Earth 
is listen to the mainstream media. (laughs) Okay, that would be the last thing that you would want to do in Manhattan as a nuclear weapon is coming in is tune into the mainstream media. Like, call a loved one, hug your kids. You brought something up important. You know, they talk about this, the the border, right? And you have all the bleeding hearts saying, well, you know, these people need, you don't understand, guys. A lot of these people that are coming over are intended to come here to cause chaos. And we are allowing millions of people to come in our border that we don't know who they are. We don't know who they're affiliated with. We don't know what training they have. We don't know what their intention is. We don't know what their motive is. Um, and if you look at the behavior of this, the same uh, demographic of people and where they come from in other countries, it is, it is terrorist type countries. And where other countries, like in the Middle East, where you have to worry about going to the store. Like in America, we've never had to really worry about suicide bombers at our grocery stores. Right, right. Right? That's something that you are going to have to start thinking about. Because you're allowing these people, like in my opinion, dude, and this might be fucking extreme or whatever, I don't know. But dude, if you're not American, you don't belong here. Like that's it. It is a massive national security yeah. threat. So look, I, I served against Abu Sayyaf, Jamaat Lamia, Al Qaeda, the Taliban. We we fight a very determined, extraordinarily intelligent, very committed enemy. Okay. Yeah. And they now know if you want to get into the United States of America, all you have to do is get to Mexico. Yeah. And when I went down to the border, I, I mentioned to you guys, I went not only to the Arizona and Texas side and met with law enforcement, I also went to the Mexican side of the border to expose what was really happening there. Mm-hmm. And when you walk down to the border, there are thousands of IDs, thousands of IDs thrown on the ground. And the basic reason for that is that people cross the border. They walk up to the Customs and Border Patrol. Customs and Border Patrol acts as Uber under Biden. They take them to a Customs and Border Patrol office. There, they're asked if they have an ID. And they say no, because they just threw it on the ground. And then uh, they're asked what their name is. Their name is written on a piece of paper. And the Customs and Border Patrol either then flies them somewhere in the United States of America or hands them a piece of paper. Who pays for that? You do. Okay. The taxpayers do. No, we we sure. pay. We, pay, we yeah. pay for all of that. And then they're told that they can come back in 90 days. Well, when I was down on the Mexican side of the border, I picked up IDs from Egypt, an ID from the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Now, I can't know the particular story of those two individuals, but I'll tell you this. The UAE ID was of a Nigerian who'd been in the United Arab Emirates. Two weeks before that, the UAE, they had just arrested a bunch of Nigerians who were raising money for Boko Haram, mm-hmm. which folks know is the the, Fucking terrible. the, the, the terrorist organization yeah. that, that operates in Nigeria. They had arrested Nigerians in UAE for raising money for Boko Haram. Then I'm on the Mexican side of the border and I pick up an ID of a Nigerian from the UAE who's coming into the United States. Now, again, we can't know that particular guy's story. Yeah, but, but the, we can't be we can ignorant know, enough right. to say, oh, well, he's probably a good guy. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and certainly the millions of people who are coming over, just sheer math, millions of people who are crossing into our country this year, no matter how small you think the percentage is, a percentage of them are terrorists. Mm-hmm. Bro, what's the solution there? Like, let's just say we get back in power. We, get, we People get in power. What's the solution there? Yeah, it's actually you go, you go back to what Trump wanted to do in 2017, but was stabbed in the back by Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. You build a border wall. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm not talking yeah, about the yeah, wall. Yeah. I'm talking about all, look, we got to correct this. We cannot, like all these people. leave these people in all the these people. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So for, for yes. the next two years or four years, however long these people, what do we do with those people? 
Well, a lot, especially especially the criminal element and especially the terrorist element, they have to be found and brought out. And this is this is the great tragedy of what the left is doing. It's like putting salt in a soup. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's really really easy to keep a a a cup or a pound of salt out of a soup before you pour it in. But once you've poured it into the soup, it's ex- the, the intelligence problem, the tactical problem, operationally, strategically, organizing all of this just to get out the criminal and terrorist element is a massive operation. And the left knows exactly what they're doing by having the- Am the I wrong order. in thinking that we need to really send every single person back where they came from? Like, is that wrong thinking? Because that's what I think. No, I think, look, one of the things that worked well under the Trump administration was he made clear that when, for example, you know, people came up from Guatemala, like they got sent back. They actually got sent back. And then what happened was the first plane or two lands and then everybody in, in, in why Guatemala- it, Why El is that Salvador, controversial to say? Well, I, I, don't, I don't actually think, I don't think it is. What they want to do is that the left, just like they want to call people racist and white supremacists, one of their games is to say that conservatives are cruel. In fact, when you look at what's happening, and again, when I was on the border, we met with a Customs and Border Patrol agent who told us about one kid who'd been sold 17 times, right? Because people know that if they cross the border with a minor child, they're going to be allowed into the United States. So terrible things are happening to all of these kids who are being trafficked across the border. This is leftist cruelty. Just like keeping kids with disability out of school for a year is leftist cruelty. Just like the rise in murder and violent assaults is leftist cruelty. The human trafficking on the border is leftist cruelty. But what they want to do is they want to, and because they've engaged in these cruel policies, they want to accuse conservatives of not having compassion. And in fact, when you look at the facts, the compassionate policy, if you really care about those kids who are being trafficked, you end the trafficking. And the way that you end the trafficking is by ending the incentives for all of the traffickers. Joe Biden has created a massive incentive for child trafficking on the border. Shocking. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, moving on to our third and final headline, headline number three. Number three reads, Secret Service responds to explosive reported hack of Hunter Biden's iCloud account. I'm glad you put this in here because I wanted to talk about this. Yeah? Yeah. Keep my job for another day. That's right. (laughs) So the article reads, Days after a reported hack of Hunter Biden's iCloud account led uh, some 4chan users to claim they had access to vast amounts of information about President Joe Biden's son, uh, the Secret Service said it's, it is keeping track of the allegations. Uh, the Washington Examiner reported Sunday that screenshots that were claimed as being taken from Hunter Biden's phone and computer were posted late Saturday night. Uh, the claims could not be verified. Threads that contained material from the alleged hack were later taken down. It sounds just like what they did with the laptop back in 2020, 2019, actually. Um, quote, at this time, we are not in a position to make public comments on potential investigative actions, but I can assure you the Secret Service, along with other federal law enforcement partners, are aware of the social media post and claims referencing Mr. Biden. Uh, Secret Service spokesperson Anthony Guglielmini said in a statement, according to NBC. Now, NBC said it could not independently confirm whether this claim uh, was true or whether any material assessed, if any was, Uh, had been previously released when the contents of the laptop computer that formerly belonged to Hunter Biden were made public, despite the videos of Hunter Biden with crack cocaine 
<laughs> videos to spite. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that's cool. So, I um, mean, there's a, there's been a few uh, 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 congressmen and senators that have, are calling this stuff out. Uh, you got Chuck Grassley of Iowa, um, the ranking Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, said that there were serious unanswered questions swirling about the investigations into Hunter Biden headed by David Weiss, the U.S. attorney for Delaware. The investigation reportedly uh, concerns Hunter Biden's compliance with tax law. Uh, quote, on June 30th, 2021 and June 28th of 2022, Senator Johnson and I wrote to the White House counsel. We wrote about the then Vice President Biden's per use of non-government email to transmit government information to Hunter Biden. The White House counsel's office refuses to answer whether President Biden still communicates government business to Hunter Biden, among other questions we pose. Uh, quote, Congress has a constitutional responsibility to ensure the proper execution of and compliance with conflicts of interest laws and regulation, Grassley said. Quote, the failure of the Justice Department to comply with these rules will cause political infection to run rampant. That, that'll rot to the core of the Justice Department and cast a cloud over everything that it does. As I said before, the Justice Department's failure to be transparent with Hunter Biden's criminal case and recusals relating to it has cast a cloud over the investigation. What is the Justice Department trying to hide? The American people's concern about how the case has been managed are legitimate, he said. What do we got on this, guys? Dude, the, the idea that it's about tax compliance. Exactly. Okay, tax compliance. Anybody who's seen any of this nonsense and the concerns about Hunter Biden and pedophilia about Bro, corruption anybody who about sees all any of this, this shit, it's disgusting. They fucking dude, it's what you said at the end of the last segment. This is the biggest child trafficking operation on the planet that's ever been existed, and here we have people in the White House that are into pedophilia. Yeah, like what is going on? The dude had in his in his phone book, pedo Pete. Saved for uh, Joe for his Biden. dad. Yeah, he sent pictures of him having sex with fuck, dude. Who knows how old these people are? By the way, they look really young. Sending pictures to his dad, the president of the United States. What are we doing? I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean to cut you off, but this fucking pisses me yeah. off. What are you guys doing? Why are you not infuriated about this? Raising hell about this at every corner. We have a president of the United States who is not only compromised and destroying our country, but is also into shit that is unspeakable. And, and, and you guys think it's a, a, a coincidence that they're trying to normalize the sexualization of children? Right. And you're okay with this? Like you guys who are silent here, you guys who are standing here and you're thinking, well, I'll leave it to Andy or I'll leave it to Eric or I'll leave it to whoever else to stand for this shit. You guys need to stand for this shit. This is unspeakable reality that's happening in America right now. It is evil, and it's one of, evil. Uh, and one of the things one of the things that we have to recognize, like this is in a this is a fight against evil. And also, let's point out, this is not just a problem of what's happening in the Biden family, which is disgusting, but it's also a problem because the rhinos won't investigate. Where is the rhino investigation of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax? Where is the rhino investigation of Hillary Clinton spying on the Trump campaign? Where is the investigation of all of that stuff about Hunter Biden's laptop being Russian disinformation? Where is the investigation into Hunter Biden? Keep in mind, the fake- Where's, where's the victim list 
of Epstein. Right? Where's the customer right? list right. of Epstein? Of Here's the dirty yeah. little secret you, you people have not put together about Epstein and why they defend it so hard. Because there's a whole bunch more of Epstein's out there mm-hmm. that they don't want you to catch on to understanding. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch. And and you, you and the Republicans aren't investigating. And then not only that, to point out how corrupt the whole system is, keep in mind, today, all of those things I mentioned, the Republicans are not investigating, but Republicans were in charge in 2017. It was under Republicans in the House and the Senate that the whole Trump-Russia collusion nonsense went on for years. So they were willing to do that. They're willing to work with the leftists. They're willing to work with the mainstream media to push all of those lies against President Trump. And yet, and yet today, they're not investigating election and fraud. Today, they're not investigating the Hunter Biden laptop. Today, they're not investigating all of these different things. So it just shows you the true failure of the political class to actually engage and get to the truth. That's fucking crazy, man. Dude, it's it's uh it's it's fucking Dude, this is listen, I, you really have to question what it is you believe in. I don't I can't associate with you personally if you support this. Because in my mind, you're supporting pedophilia. Mhm. That's it. This is evil. It is evil shit, dude. And like, that's why this whole idea of, of unity, which I like, but this, this subsect of our, like, we cannot unify with evil, dude. Like there is a difference between looking at your enemy and saying, Hey, you have a common interest. I have a common interest. Let's work together to, to, to eradicate this problem. And killing and crushing evil. Like the enemies that all of you have are not really evil enemies. These are people that you have competitive nature with. And I right? wouldn't even say they're your enemies. Hold on. <laughs> like for me, there's guys that own competitive companies mm-hmm. that were competitive, right? Like we're friendly, but we're also competitive. Those are not what I'm talking about here. All of those kind of relationships have to merge together in a commonality against this evil. This evil has to be eradicated from our entire country. We cannot allow a network, which is what we're dealing with, okay? I talked about the Q thing earlier. Well, the reason the Q thing works is because they're revealing enough truth for you to see that it's happening to get you to trust that there's something going to happen more. Mm -hmm. But the truth of it is, is there is no sweeping arrests that are going to happen unless we do it. Exactly. Okay? This is evil. This cannot be tolerated in America. I am a live and let live person. I am a freedom. Eric, you and I disagree on the on the idea of abortion and things like that. Okay, uh, I am a pro freedom American, one million percent. And and Eric and I have this conversation all the time about what that means. But certainly, we can all agree that trafficking and molesting and having sex with twelve year old children and searching for twelve year olds in your porn history. And sending fucked up pictures to your neighbors and and Madison Cawthorn saying that there's these fucking parties that are happening with dude, these people are all evil. And we have to stand up against it and we have to take it back by putting people who are really good people into play. And look to this is our last chance to do that. Yeah. If yes. we fail to do this in November, if you guys elect rhino type people because you think Republicans are going to fix it. 
We will lose this country. This is not Republican or Democrat. This is anti-establishment. People who are on the outside. I have my criticisms about Trump, but Trump is the motherfucking dude because he'll go in and wreck the shit. DeSantis, another guy that's going to wreck shit. Everybody knows that. He's done it. Eric, they didn't even let him come in and wreck shit because how much shit he's going to wreck. Right. Okay? That's the truth. Those are the people we need. And out of that wreckage, in the name of freedom and a free America, a new, more prosperous, free, less oppressed, less taxed, more opportunity, America, united America will emerge. It will emerge. It's a choice. Yes. We, we stand right now at a moment in history where there is a choice. And it is a choice between surrender to leftist tyranny and surrender to this evil, or it's the revival of the Republic. There's no way, there's no way that things stay on this same course. Okay. So it's either you're going to sign up for the surrender to leftist tyranny, or you're here for the revival. I'm here for the revival. Me We're too. all here for the yeah. revival. Everybody's here. What that means though, is that everybody has to take action. Everybody has to take action. And I say this at my rally as like, we are not going to save the country with just my election alone. We're not going to save the country just with electing the right people in 2022 alone. If we really want to revive the country, given the crisis that we're in, every single American who's listening to this, you have to ask yourself, what can I do? And you got to go out and do it. Sometimes you what you do can it. do, guys, is just getting engaged in your local community. Yes. This, this shit has to stop from the bottom up. The, here's the major strategic mistake that, that happened with the Trump presidency. Trump went straight to the presidency without the support in the underlying of the government. Mm. Okay. So they took an outsider. He was enough of a popular person. He was able to go right to the main office. The problem is he didn't have the real American support in the Senate, in the house that we have to have. And so for us to really take this back, it starts at the community level and you guys getting involved in elections that you may not have ever paid attention to because you thought they were irrelevant. Well, they are very relevant because when we get a leader at the top who is, uh, let's say, a, 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 a pro-freedom American, okay, they're not going to have the support in Congress that they would have. So you guys, the reason Trump got fate, the reason Trump wasn't able to do what he wanted to do, if we're talking pure political strategy, is because he didn't lay the groundwork first, okay? If you go back to taking over republics through the actual election process in the history of this over and over and over again, the ones that worked, worked because the citizens got engaged, they built it from the bottom up, and then they brought a leader in to lead. And you also had to have, and I think and the, the, the Trump team would tell you this, they didn't realize how deep the deep state was. Yes. You think about everything that was done against General Flynn. Why did they do that against General Flynn? Because General Flynn knew where the corruption was. Right. General Flynn knew what was wrong. And that's why they targeted and went after right General away. Flynn. They went after him right away. Because they knew that he had bought into Trump's idea and they didn't want to sever that connection. And it worked. Yes. And they and they, and it cut, worked and they it, cut off yeah. Flynn from Trump who, you know, General Flynn, he, he's a great dude, endorsed my campaign. He's being attacked now by the January 6th committee, right? He's a guy who understood. He'd been head of the Defense Intelligence Agency. He'd worked in the national security system. He knew where the problems were, and he would have been able to help President Trump to actually clean out the deep state. That's why they went after General Flynn. And so, yes, 
Yeah. 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 So you got to have, you get, yes, you have to have Congress, you got to have the House, the Senate, and then you also have to recognize how deep the deep state is and actually make sure that we clean it out. Yeah. And on top of that, guys, this is also like, it ties into what I tell you guys all the time. We need a cultural revolution. Personal excellence is at the forefront of that cultural revolution. How you live, the thoughts you think, the information you put in your brain, the the way you keep your house, the way you keep your body, the way you keep your fitness, the way you treat your career, the way your neighbors observe you working at a higher standard and living a higher standard. That is the cultural revolution that we must have along with the idea of getting engaged in the civic duties that you have as an American. Because the greatest Americans have always understood one concept is that freedom ain't fucking free. Okay. And while we may not all go fight overseas, we all still have to do our part in our lives to contribute to the betterment of this country. And that's what they've made us forget. They have for the last 30 years. When I was a kid, dude, it was beat into your head that you have an obligation to America for the men and women who have died for you to have freedom. You have an obligation to make something of your life. If you go back to Saving Private Ryan and you go to the end scene where he goes to the graveyard and he falls on his knees and he looks at his friend who saved his life and he looks to his wife and he says, tell me I'm a good man. Tell me I lived a great life. That is what America is about and they have made us forget it. And it's time that we bring it back. It's 100%. And and the way you can think about it also is this. Who do tyrants want for citizens? Okay. Do tyrants want- want weak, passive, sick, uh, ineffective, easy to rule people. Who listen to the mainstream media. Who listen to like, or, right, if you, who, who, what kind of citizens are essential to a free republic? People who are free thinking. You think for yourself. You go out and you learn for yourself. You read for yourself. You talk. You talk with with good people. You think for yourself. Like that's you're healthy. You're in charge of your finances. You're in charge of your home. You're in charge. All of those things make for a free republic. Tyrants want weak people. Tyrants want passive people. Tyrants want people who are going to believe what they are told. We to have this cultural revolution. It's why you are so right. It is about personal excellence because that strength. If you think about every American, every American who's listening to this, and I mean you right now, you get 10% stronger, right? In every, in every, in every facet, you get 10% stronger financially, you get 10% stronger physically, you get 10% stronger mentally, you get 10% stronger emotionally, you get 10% stronger intellectually. You think about that, and then you think about that multiplied millions of times across the Republic, millions of people getting stronger. That is the route to freedom. That is the route to a free republic. 100%, dude. You know, I was thinking about this on, on, on July 4th, Independence Day, okay? And we think of independence as, a, as an entire collective of country. And while, yes, the USA may be still, it's not, but it, but it could appear to be an independent country. Unfortunately, we're compromised. Um, you have to think about independence in your own world, in your own life. Like, how dependent are you on the system? How dependent are you on the news? How dependent are you on McDonald's? How dependent are you on these mega corporations? And you need to start becoming independent. That means you're going to have to increase your earning power. You're going to have to build your business bigger. Those of you who are entrepreneurs, you're going to have to put American values down through your system. 
You cannot cater to these woke people, okay? Get rid of them. It's easy to do. There's the fucking door, right. all right? It's that simple because what you have and what you're afraid of is two or five or six people in your 100-person organization that are going to make a coup. Well, here's how you stop a coup. You fucking hang the motherfuckers before they start it. That's reality. So fire them. There's the door. Peace out. We have to get stronger physically. We have to get stronger mentally. We have to start to learn our own capabilities and our own minds that have been suppressed for hundreds of years for the, ins, uh, the, the these people to control humanity. We don't even know what our own potential is, dude, because they lie to us about it. I know what our potential is. Yes. I know what metaphysics is. I know what quantum physics is. I know the quantum reality of our human brain and what it's made for. It's made to create. It's made to unify. It's made to connect with other people. And they keep us from that because once we do that and once we become self-sufficient, we are impossible to rule over. We are impossible to rule over. And, and we, yes, we need leadership. You know, libertarians like to claim me too. I'm not a fucking libertarian either. <laughs> I'm my own thing, all right? We need leadership, but we need leadership that serves. We need, we need to contribute as a, as a productive community together towards the forward mission that we're working towards. And here's, here's a basic question you can always ask. Are these leaders trying to make me stronger? If a leader is trying to make you stronger, that means they really care about you. They really respect you. They really believe in you. If, on the other hand, you have leaders who are trying to make you more scared, whether it's running these nuclear attack ads telling you to go inside point, your bro. house, yes. to go inside your house and listen to us, listen to the experts, okay? What great leaders do is that they look at you and they believe in you and what we have now in America, the failed leadership of Biden and the failed leadership of the rhinos is that they have failed to recognize the true promise and potential of all of the American people. And what great leaders do is that they look at everybody, right? And everybody's imperfect. Everybody's got pain. Everybody's got suffering. Everybody also has the potential for wisdom, for strength, for courage. Great leaders look at people's potential and they help them to realize it. You have to realize your own potential. No leader can do it for you, but they help you to realize that potential. That is what great leaders do. Great leaders call us to a mission. Great leaders call us to recognize what we have inside of us, to step forward and to do more. By contrast, what do tyrants do? Tyrants want to make you afraid. They want to make you sick. They want to put you inside of your house. They want to have you listen just to them. If we believe, if people believe in you, they will recognize that you have the ability to think for yourself, to act for yourself, to provide for yourself, and they want to support that. That's what I do as a leader. That's what, that's what you do as a leader, Andy. That's what great patriots do, is that they recognize the potential of everybody around them. And that's what we can do as a country. And I'll tell you this, like I said, if you're listening right now, this is part of your mission. So the way you take this, the way you, you, the way you help to revive the country is by getting stronger. You get stronger, the country's going to get stronger. It's real, man. I love it, dude. And you are a great fucking leader, by the way. Thanks, brother. Like, Thank you. Thank for you. real. Whether you get elected or not or whatever, you know what I'm, what I'm saying. Thanks, man. Guys, on to our final segment of the show. You guys Which are welcome. We're going to get elected. Yeah, 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 we're, getting yeah. we're getting it done. We're getting it done. I'm just done. saying, dude. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I just appreciate you, bro. 
Guys, on to our final segment of the show, which you guys have all been waiting for. We have our thumbs up headline, where I show a headline until you don't get two thumbs up or two thumbs somewhere you don't want them. And with that being said, our thumbs up headline reads, you guys familiar with DoorDash, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> headline reads, DoorDash users score free food and alcohol during app glitch. Twitter users posted about their orders of alcohol, plan B, and chicken wings during the glitch. <laughs> so... A number of DoorDash users jumped on a deal that made their orders free 99 after a glitch hit the app on Thursday. The technical hiccup, according to Mashable, was from a, quote, payment processing issue that allowed users to place an order without entering payment information. News of the glitch spread on Twitter and on Thursday night into Friday morning, users shared a number of their, quote, free orders including $2,000 worth of Don Julio Resposado tequila, more than $20,000 worth of seafood, and Plan B. Uh, these, this is one picture from a McDonald's. I mean, if you guys can, I mean, look at all those fucking DoorDash orders, bro. I mean, it's insane. All right, here's a, another video of a Twitter user. Uh, he spent, he, he got $2,000 in liquor. Uh, here's his video. Thank you, DoorDash. I love you, Pookie. <laughs> Terrible, right? So the free order fund allegedly didn't last long. However, as users began to post screenshots of charges from the app uh, after their order, DoorDash in a statement to Mashable said the company was canceling orders made during the glitch. Quote, we're actively canceling fraudulent orders and are in touch with merchants impacted uh, to ensure they are compensated for any unauthorized orders they may have received, the company said. Quote, uh, we will. Uh, we work to ensure that we are always offering the highest quality of service to the communities we serve, and we sincerely apologize for any inconvenience caused by this. Um, and Twitter also responded to this because now DoorDash is going back and they're collecting their fees. This person uh, tweeted out, DoorDash is about to hire some elite debt collectors. Uh, this person said... Uh, did the door did I did the DoorDash glitch yesterday and four vans have been parked outside my home since morning. <laughs> <laughs> but they started going back and taking the money back from people. So, I mean, like, this is one. Uh, that's what they should do. That's what they have to do. Listen, bro. This is fucking two thumbs down. All right. <laughs> L- listen, this is American culture that should not be this popularized. Not be it should yeah. be not promoted. I would hope that any of you listening to the show would not do this. Right. Like that. This is about doing the right thing. And it's also more than that, too. It's about doing the right thing, but it's also. This is, if you think about what, what a regime wants people to take pleasure in, it's nonsense like this. Yeah. Okay, take pleasure in setting a personal record, working yeah. out. Take pleasure in finishing a hard book. Yeah. Take pleasure in taking your sons and daughters out fishing and having an amazing time. Take pleasure in calling a friend who you haven't talked to for a long time and saying, hey man, I love you, right? And having a real conversation, right? Take pleasure in actually, you know, reaching out to somebody and letting them know that you're grateful. Take pleasure in those things. Yeah. Right? Take pleasure in those things and and again, from a cultural perspective. From a cultural perspective, when leaders have to talk about like those things are hard, but they're also meaningful. They're also enriching. Those things are lasting. This nonsense, the $2,000 worth of tequila, whether the dude keeps it or not, or they collect it, it's it's a giant distraction. It's a giant distraction from everything that could truly make your life better. Man, you're saying it. That's 
Yeah. That's that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, look, dude, you know, we have to start taking pride. Like, look, there's not a there's not a person in this building that would do that. No. Fuck no. No. Fuck no. There's not a single person in this building that would do that. I take pride in that. Yeah. It's a testament to your leadership, man. Well, that's, and that's it's the also, effect of high standards. I don't I listen, I'm not saying that to brag on myself. Uh, I'm just saying that as that like those of you who are out there in leadership that teach your people to do the right thing. Yeah. When it's also though, it's an important social point that we need to make. Okay. So one thing that so so whenever I'm advising young people, all right, they always they'll ask, what should I do? Right. Let's say they're leaving college or they're coming out of the military and they want to know like, what should I do? And what I always suggest to them is start with this question. Who are you going to do it with? It's far more important who you're with than what you're doing. Okay. Especially when you're young, right? You're 25, 26, 27 years old. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, uh, 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 painting houses. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're, you know, working in a business. It doesn't matter if you're in sales. The quality of your life and the trajectory of your life is going to be more powerfully shaped by the quality of the three people who you spend the most time with than it is by the activity that you're actually in, right? And so, yeah, it's a huge testament to you, Andy, but I'm saying that not just to like to point out that you're, you're yeah, yeah. a great leader, but I'm also saying the reason why that's true, that nobody here would do that is because they're all surrounded by like-minded people who are like, you know what, dude, Andy's getting after it. I'm going to go and try you to go back to where we started. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to try on the self-improvement challenge. I'm going to, I'm going to get 5k. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to beat him. Like go for it. And I right. encourage everybody like make Andy pay. <laughs> right. right. Okay, here, like, like seriously, like, like go out there and, and, and attack that, attack that challenge and recognize that you know, this kind of nonsense is just a huge distraction from what's actually meaningful in life. It's real, man. DoorDash also clapped back to a couple of them on Twitter. They said, uh, tell me you broke without telling me you broke. <laughs> response to, to some of the people. Well, dude, Twitter. it's just, it, to me, like I look at this and it's just a, an, a shining example of the cultural del like delusion yeah. that we've had, not delusion, the, the dissolving of our cultural standard. Like mm. this is, this is goes back to the first video that we talked about with the little boy. Well, yeah. Like you want, okay, let's tie these two together. Look how the adults behave from stealing some shit from some businesses that are going to have to fucking pay for that. Right. And then look at the, how the kid acts to the cop. Right. And you guys are surprised. This is all related. Mm. It's all connected. Yeah. We have a cultural disconnection here and it's only solved by us raising our standards. This is why we continue to say the same thing. Personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion. It just is. Yeah, dude. It just is. I actually hadn't heard you phrase it exactly like that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, personal it's excellence the is month. the ultimate yeah. rebellion. That or is exactly months. right, dude. Yeah, bro. That's exactly right. Dude. It's the truth, That's, dude. Uh, yes. How, how can they control yes. us on an individual level if we're personally excellent in all areas? They can't. That's we're too really smart. Good. We're too effective. Right. We're too independent. Too strong. We're too healthy. We're too strong. We're too connected to other like-minded individuals because when you become personally excellent, you leave behind the people who aren't willing to go on that journey and you mm -hmm. unite with, it's just what you just said. You didn't, it's who you're with. True, man. So anyway, guys, dude, first of all, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do your part in a second, bro. Thank you for coming on the show. Again. Yeah, man. Great yeah. to be here. Thank you. DJ. Guys, thank you guys. Um, awesome. And the whole crew. Thanks guys. Guys, if you feel so inclined, uh, you know, go to this man's website, Eric, it's ericreitens.com, right? Yes, sir. And contribute to his uh, to his 
his uh, campaign. Okay, we only have a few days left here, and these guys are spending a lot of money. And even if it's five bucks, ten bucks, fifty bucks, whatever you can do, if you're a patriot, this is a person we need. So I'm going to ask you, which I never, ever, ever ask, to make a financial contribution to this man's campaign because I know what he's going to do when he's there. And if he doesn't, I will come on the show and I will say, hey, I was fucking wrong. But I believe in this man, okay? And I would like for you guys to believe in him too. Um, there's a lot of wealthy people listening to the show. I'm calling on you to donate, okay? Straight up. Uh, if you are one of these people who is in a financially good spot, uh, and you can donate more than the maximum allowed on Eric's website. Send us a message on customer service here to the show. We'll point you in the direction of uh, of of what I think is a really good pack run by one of my friends, um, where you can donate more than what is allowed on his website. And guys, I'm just, I don't ask for shit. I don't want ads on the show. I don't ask you to buy my shit. But I'm asking you right now because it's fucking needed. And it's important. So thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you being on the appreciate show, bro. You, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Guys, that's all I got. All right. All right, all right. There we go. <laughs> Good show, guys. Don't forget to pay the fee. Share it, all right? Thank you. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl. Fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch. Booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold. Does a no. Headshot. Case closed. Closed.